Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. So it's a great day. Vision Sunday, we are going to be looking ahead at what God is calling us to this year in 2023, and we're excited to share that with you. And maybe today's your first day at Blaze Church, and as you've already heard, we want to say it again, welcome home. So glad you chose today to be your first day, and you definitely chose right, because, I mean, if you're looking like, hey, I just want to check this church out, we're going over the finances, our vision, I mean, you're getting like the curtain is pulled back. You're like, all right, now I know I'm definitely going back, or Lord help me, I need a different church. Like, whatever he does in your heart, we're grateful you're here. But before we look ahead, we want to look back. We want to celebrate all that God has done this past year through Blaze Church, but I also want to look back like millennia ago. So we're going to turn our attention to 536 BC. How many of you were around 536 BC? No one in this service, just Edwin again. He was in the first service too. He, he was there. And Okay, so we probably don't know like what was life like in 536 and why are we talking about it in 2023? Well, In 536 BC, the Jewish people were allowed to return to Jerusalem after 70 years of exile. So they were forced out of their home country and they were brought as slaves to the Babylonian empire and then Persia took over, but they were forced out. And during that time, they had to assimilate to a different culture. They had to learn the Babylonian way. And a lot of their Judaism was lost in the process and specifically a structure known as the temple. Everyone say the temple. temple. So the temple at this time for the Jewish people was very significant because it was the place where people would go to experience the presence of God. It was a visible symbol of God meeting with humanity. And this temple structure had so many pieces to it that are so beautiful, uh, starting with the outer court, the inner court, the most holy place. But the thing we need to know today as we look back to 536 is that the temple was the visible symbol of God meeting his people. Now, when they return, the temple's been destroyed. So they go back under a man named Ezra and under his leadership, the people begin building the temple again. And things are going good for a while, but then they stop. In 5.30, the people stop the project. How many of you have projects at home that you haven't finished yet? And spouses, this is not a time to elbow your husband, okay? It's like, I'm not even looking this way. Uh, Like we get these projects and we get going and we're excited at first and then we stop and it might be for different reasons. We run out of resources or we get distracted by other things. For the people of Israel, opposition came and they got distracted. So God in his grace sends a man named Haggai in 520. So they've been there for 16 years. They have not worked on the temple in 10. And Haggai shows up with this message and he is sharing vision. So let me give you a good definition of what vision is. Vision is the why behind the what. You catch that? So the vision is the why behind the what. So what you do, that might be your mission, that might be tangible, but the why, the motivation, the end goal. So for all of us, you should have a vision for your life. 
If you're single, have a vision for your singleness. How will you honor God in this season? In your marriage, what will your marriage look like? If you're parenting, what's the vision you have for your children? Your finances, your career, we're constantly making plans and that's vision. So Haggai shows up and reminds the people of the why. And here's the vision. You were brought back here to rebuild the temple, to establish yourselves as the people of God. This is a good thing. So Haggai comes with the vision and in it, he shares four values for the people of Israel. And we're going to discover what those four values are today. Yeah, so we're going to start at the beginning of Haggai chapter one, verse two. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house, God's house, remains a ruin? So what's this conversation all about in this moment? It's the Jewish people, they're proclaiming it's not the right time yet. They're saying, we're just going to keep working on what we've been working on and we're not going to do what God has called us to do. And it's been 16 years of that. (laughs) And so Haggai responds with a probing question that God really puts through him and uses him through. He says, why then are you building your houses and neglecting mine? What is your priority? That's really what he's asking the people. What is your priority? Is it doing you or doing what I've called you to? And so we read that they're working on their own houses. And some commentators said that maybe it was like the officials' houses or what they were using was just very elaborate. They were adding all these special furnishings. They were going like from what you have as basic to like making it extra, extra, right? They were adding all these details that really in the end didn't matter, And so God is using Haggai to say, why are you doing that instead of working on my house? Why is that the priority when I called you to rebuild the temple? And I think that you and I could so easily lean into this this morning. Essentially, they were making excuses for themselves, right? And We know we do this. We don't always want to admit that we do this, but we make excuses for ourselves. And sometimes we might say things like, maybe on the small group Sunday, I don't have time for a small group, or I got to work on my own house before I could, you know, be on the dream team and work in God's house on a Sunday, or I'll forgive that person when when they ask me to forgive them. We can make excuses all in our life all of the time. And that's what these people are doing. And oftentimes those excuses are optional for us. We don't have to say those or make those. We always get the option of what we place at the top of our priority list. So that's totally up to you and I and how we live our day-to-day life is what we put at the top of our priority. What is driving us? Everybody say priorities matter. Priorities Now say it like you believe it. Priorities matter. They do. They mattered back then and they matter for us today. And if you are in this space 
and you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's always the right time to do his work. It is always time to work unto the Lord. And that's just simply called surrender. (laughs) It's just, I'm surrendered to you, God, and whatever it is you call me to do, I will do it and I will work unto you. And so we read in chapter one, verse five, the Lord uses Haggai to really illustrate what the people were saying, what their excuses looked like tangibly. He says, this is, now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. And this is where the imagery comes in. He says, you have planted much, but you harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your full. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Basically, he's saying to them, what you think you're doing is not making any impact at all. That's what God is saying to the people. And I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like this? Like you get to the end of a long day and you're like, gosh, what did I even do today? Right? Like I felt like that. And I think that's normal every now and then. But if that's like your every day, like what did I even do? I just encourage you to check your priorities. Think about what is your priority in life. And for the people, he's telling them, you are quickly wasting away what you've earned. You are mis placing your priorities. And it's as if you have a purse with holes in it. Who would do that? And in Luke chapter 12, Jesus states there is hope. (laughs) Don't you love that? Jesus brings hope to our problems and to our misplaced priorities. Luke chapter 12, 33, Jesus says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. So there are no holes in our purses when we work unto the Lord. And that's what we do here at Blaze Church. And Jesus in this passage, he is challenging us. He's challenging me and you that When we work onto the Lord, our priority is him and there's eternal value in it. That's what that means. When you do God's work, it's always the right time to do his work. There's a value, there's an impact that lasts far beyond than what we can see or imagine. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, whatever you do, if you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God of God. So whatever it is you do, wherever your priority is, maybe you need to check that priority and make and line it up with God's priority. And these people, they've made themselves the priority. And Haggai is showing them that. He's pointing that out. Hey, your priorities are misaligned. And now what Haggai is going to do is he's going to go deeper. Everyone say deeper. Deeper. 
He's starting here at the surface, visually saying like, look, you're, you've got food and it's not filling up water. You're still thirsty. Your purses, they've got holes. He's hitting their actions, but now he's going to go deeper into their hearts because attitude matters. Everyone say attitude matters. Attitude matters. We know that's true. I mean, think about it practically. If you're accomplishing a, a common mission with someone, you're working on the same project, students in this space, you got assigned a project and you didn't want to get paired up with the person, but you did. And they've got a bad attitude about it. You know that that bad attitude can ruin the whole project. And even if you get the task done, even if you complete the assignment, you're like, bro, just go home. We don't need you here. Like your bad attitude is ruining the whole thing. Jesus cares a whole lot about our attitudes and about our hearts. He does. And it would be easy to just kind of do some corrective behavior shaping and modify the things that we do. But God loves us so much that he says, I don't want to just fix the outside. I want to fix the inside. I want to make you new. I want to, I want you to check your heart. And so Haggai shows up with this message and here's what he says next to the people. This is what the Lord almighty says, give careful thought to your ways, give careful thought. The next thing that Haggai is going to say to them is go collect the lumber, get the resources, start building the temple. Don't forget your why, your vision. But before they can get any piece of lumber, he says, give careful thought to your ways. In the Hebrew, if we were to translate it directly word for word, it would say this, consider, consider. It's a little poetic when he shows up. Consider, consider. Now, the unique part about those words, consider, consider, is the words are different in Hebrew. So the first word that he uses when he shows up, he would say sum. And that word means pay attention to or direct your mind towards. So he's calling the people sum, like focus. And then his next word is lebab. Lebab. And that word actually means the inner man, your true self your heart. So what he literally shows up saying to the people is consider, pay attention to your heart, who you are before you start working, because we can change the priority. We can say God is first, but if our hearts haven't been checked and our hearts haven't been changed, it won't last and it won't matter. Now, just for common terms here, when we say the heart and when scripture talks of the heart, it's not talking about the muscle that's keeping everyone in an upright position right now, which I appreciate, by the way, please let the heart keep pumping blood. Because some of you are like, listen, my heart's great. I gave up bacon decades ago. I'm doing great. I mean, I go for runs. Like this is not your cardiovascular system he's speaking of. When we read in scripture, the heart, it's, it's kind of a hard concept. So there's so many translations of that word, le bob. But the best one I can offer is it's about your true self. It's who you really are. It's the core of your being. We can call it the, the mind, the heart, the soul, the will. It's all of that. In other words, it's you. It's you, he's saying, check yourself. See what your intentions are. Like before you go and pick up that piece of wood, Haggai says for the temple, do you even want to? Like, cause you can show up and look good, but God's like, he can see your heart. And that's why the author in Proverbs says this above all else, 
guard your, what's the word? Heart. That's a big statement for this author to make. I mean, above all else. In other words, the most important thing, the, the essential thing for you and I to do is to guard the heart. Why? Because from it, everything you do flows. So you don't just like show up today or go through the motions in your life without your heart being a part of the process. Your heart has to be made right or otherwise you and I will just play the part and we'll look like we know who God is. But if our hearts have not been changed at some point, we'll walk away from him. Are you familiar with the parable of the soils? Jesus told it. And it's a striking parable because there are four types of soils, he says, which represents the heart of humanity, the listeners. And the seed is scattered on all the soils. And three out of four of the soils do not produce fruit. That's a big percentage for him to say. Three out of four will hear the word of God and yet it won't create life change. It may look like it took root, but it didn't. So happy Vision Sunday, everybody. How is your heart? (laughs) And here's the beauty. We're not the first people to struggle with this. Misery loves company, so let's talk about the first century audience for a second. In Jesus' day, there were these religious people. They showed up to church. They signed up for a small group. They served on the dream team. They gave. They worshiped. They did everything. They looked great. And Jesus sees them one day in the temple. And here's what he says. He quotes the prophet Isaiah and says this about them. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Why does he make that striking statement? Not because he's a a God who's angry, but rather he's a God who's gracious. He looks and says, you can look the part, but you need a new heart. You can look good on the surface, but I want to go deeper. So that should cause us this morning to ask some reflective questions. How's my heart? What's my attitude like? And what are my intentions? Haggai's message ends and the people are faced now with a choice. How are they going to respond? What are they going to do with God's message to them? So let's pick it up in Haggai chapter one, verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, Joshua, son of Jozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord. So what did they do? They obeyed. (laughs) They repented of their sinful heart. They repented and said to the Lord, we we weren't following you and now we're turning back to you. Forgive us for how we didn't honor you. And then they stood in awe of him. It says they feared him. That just means they, they stood in awe. They revered him. Psalm 33 verse eight says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him honor him. They obeyed and honored the Lord in that moment as they recognized their priorities was not on God. It was on themselves. So they repented of that and turned 
back to God and their hearts were transformed. The gospel message proclaims this to us today. We are more sinful than we would ever admit but more loves than we could ever imagine. Doesn't that give you such peace and such hope? I know it does for me. And what happens is the people as a collective, all of them, they turn from their unconcern from God and they obey him and they worship him together. And then Haggai, he gives this beautiful message to the people as they're worshiping. In verse 13, And Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. He says, I am with you, declares the Lord. The Lord says, I am with you. I see you. As you came to me and repented and sought forgiveness and turned back to me, I see you. And that encourages me. And so in verse 14, The Lord stirs up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, governor of Judah, the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. All the people together as a collective, they came and they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty on the 24th day of the sixth month. So what happened was, their repentance as a whole, it led to action. They were unified and they turned from their selfishness and they turned back to the work God called them to do in the first place. And he does this for you and I as well. We don't simply just change our priorities. We get a heart transformation. And then He promises us that he's with us, that he's going to do the work with us and through us as he gives us a new heart. And I want to read this scripture in Ezekiel chapter 36, 26, because I think that this is really going to give you that picture of what we're discussing today. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Who likes new things? <laughs> it's okay. You can be honest. I like new things. Like, you know, we just get something new and it's all like fresh and crisp. That's beautiful. And that's what God is saying. I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So if this morning you're saying, but I don't know how to do this, God does it for you. He does it in you. And It's our response to this amazing transformation is repentance. That is our response. And that's the third value that we see here this morning. Repentance is just turning from our sin and turning to God. And I believe this morning as a collective, as a whole body, that's what God is calling us to do. And we'll see that as we repent and seek God and obey him and worship him, he calls us to action. So the people act, they do it. Their priorities change, their heart changes, they're repenting, they're turning to the Lord and they start reconstruction on the temple and it's horrible. (laughs) No, I mean that. You can read it. It literally looks nothing like the original temple. 
morale goes down. See, when people returned from exile, there were some who remembered Solomon's temple. They remembered the beauty of this temple, how big it was. It was gold plated. It was central. It was awesome. And now they're like using contractor grade material. And they're like, this isn't looking, no offense to any contractor. Like, I do not want to offend you. I need you to come to my house. But they're, they're just like, this isn't the, the gold that we remembered. This, this isn't how it once was. And the people start to lose hope and they want to give up. Why? Because when they start the work, it doesn't look how they expected. Can anybody relate to that in their life today? Yeah. To say, well, I started the work on my marriage and it doesn't look the way I thought it would be. I started the work in this career and it doesn't look that way any longer. I started serving Jesus and I don't look the way I thought I would look. If you asked us and our team seven and a half years ago, hey, one day, do you want to meet in a Moose Lodge basement and set up every cable every week and then take it down <laughs> after service? I'm like, no, heaven no, I don't want to do that, by golly. I would have said something like that. This is not what we expected. And yet in the moments where God brings us to a new place, it may not be what you and I expected, but how many know he always works things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So this is a part of the journey for Blaze Church where we are. And for the people, they were tempted to give up. They were tempted to complain. They were tempted to stop the work. And so God in his grace sends Haggai back months later to remind them of something very important. Now, here's what we need to know before we read his reminder. At this time, the people are celebrating one of their Jewish festivals, the Festival of Booths or the Festival of Tabernacles, which God gave to the people as a final festival. It was seven of seven where they would go outside and for a week straight basically have a string of Sabbath days. They would not work. They would set up a tent outside their living place with tree branches from fruit trees. So it was beautiful. And they would dwell in these booths or little tabernacles. The reason was so that they would remember when they were enslaved in Egypt and God set them free, they came to the wilderness for 40 years and it didn't look like what they expected, but God sustained them for 40 straight years in the desert. So they would celebrate this festival to always remember God is the God who's with us. God is the God who sustains us. It may not look like what we think, but he hasn't given up on us. So they're celebrating this festival. They hit pause on construction to honor the festival of boots. And God sends Haggai at that time and listen to his message. He says in Haggai 2.4, be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. Why? For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Say the last three words with me. Do Do not not fear. fear. How cool is God? He doesn't send Haggai there with an inspirational message that says, come on guys, man up. You've got this. You can do it. Don't stop. Who is the focus of his message? God, it's on the Lord. He says, here's our, our third value, our fourth value, remembrance. He says, do not forget what God has done. You've got to get your priorities in order. We need to check our attitude. And when we do that, we're inevitably going to repent and turn to the Lord. And when we feel like giving up, he says, don't forget, remember. Yeah. 
you've got to remember. And notice what he says. Remember, while you're living in this booth, it was the God who brought you out of Egypt in the first place. It was the God who made a covenant with you and said, you're my people. It was the God who never stopped. And he says, my spirit's with you. Don't be afraid. Remember, he says, get going because God is with you. You and I don't have the strength to do this thing. We don't have it on our own. I don't know your story today. I don't know how devastating your relationships are, how dysfunctional your marriage may be, how broken down you feel. And if I can just say for a moment, the enemy wants you to think you're the only one and you're not. Don't let him isolate you in that lie. He wants to tell you that you made a mess of your life and no person can fix that mess and you don't have the strength to. You don't have the strength to pick up the pieces, but we know the God who does. Amen. We know the God who says, I'll take that Amen. mess and I'll make a message you, out of that mess. I'll make a testimony out of your season of testing. That's the God that we serve. And so Haggai shows up and says, remember, remember, remember. And the people get going and they build the temple. Well, what about us? Like, what do we do? So here, here's the cool part of God and his story to humanity because scripture tells us one big story. Jesus is the hero. And it's a God who wants relationship with his creation. Sin has broken the relationship. So go back to the garden for a moment. The garden was a type of temple. It was where God's presence met the people. He would walk with them, but sin disrupts it. So then God gives humanity the temple structure and they have to make sacrifice and they have to atone for sin. And only the high priest can go into the holy place one day a year, the day of atonement. And they're waiting and they're hoping for something more. And then Jesus comes, the father sends the son and he makes what is heard as a blasphemous statement one day. The people lose their mind. Here's what he says. John two nineteen. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Don't get lost in the story because you've got to see how cool this is. The people miss it. The next thing they say is, it took our people years to build this temple and you're going to do it in three days. But they didn't realize what John writes in John 1 when he says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word dwelt literally means tabernacled or templed among us. So God sends his son to this world to be the embodiment of the presence of God. He draws near to sinful humanity, but because of our sin, we can't come into his presence. So the son gets up on the cross, pays the price for your sin and my sin dies and resurrects. And three days later, the temple comes back alive so that all who believe in him may be near to the presence of a holy God. That is the story of scripture. And now what do we do? It gets even better. We, the collective, become the new temple for the world to see his presence. First Corinthians 3.16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? Turn to the person next to you and say, I need you. Go ahead, need say, you. you need me. You need me. We were created for community because what started in the garden that the enemy thought he stopped, well, one day the snake crusher showed up on the cross and he crushed the head of that serpent so that you and I could be unified. And if that means we're gonna sing in Spanglish, so be it. We're gonna be a united church that says, all of us together, the people of God, the presence of God to a lost community so that lost people might know who he is. We are the temple of God. 
First Peter says it this way. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. It's not about brick and mortar. It's not about wood or concrete. It is about people of God who have been transformed by the power of God that come together and say, your language might be different. Your race might be different. You may have voted differently than I did, but none of that matters. We are the people of God being joined together to be a spiritual temple so that the East End of Long Island might experience his presence, that they might see Jesus. We need to remember this truth. His presence is with us. Our priorities are new. We confess and repent and we remember what God has done. We are called to live a unified life together. And if that upsets you and offends you, take it up with Jesus. We got an email address here, idc at blazechurch.org. It goes right to Jesus. It's a spam box. Take it up with him. If you want to be in a church where all the people look like you, vote like you, talk like you, this is not the church for you. We have decided, you want vision? We have decided that we are a church that will demonstrate heaven on earth, his kingdom come. And if in Revelation, John sees every nation, tribe, and tongue singing around the throne room of God, then I say, let's do it now because all of heaven is going to be very diverse. And if unity is not your thing, Jesus prayed for it because it is hard. It's hard to sit next to someone that might be different than you. We get that. It's it's hard. So Jesus in his grace prays that we would be united. Let me show you his prayer. He says in John 17, I am them and you and me. He's talking to the father. So he's saying, listen, father, I'm in you. You're in me. We're united. And now the disciples, so that they, the disciples may be brought, say it with me to what? Complete Complete unity. unity. He's praying for complete unity, not partial unity, not 99% unified, complete unity. And look at why we need to be unified. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Do you understand that the display to this world that God sent his son to die for us is not a church program. It's not a worship song. It's not even a Bible verse. It's the people of God united together. And the world says, what's up with that? How are they sitting together? How are they in small group together? Why are they putting other people before them? Because we are completely united in Jesus. The believer's unity is a visible sign to lost people that God loves them. Blaze Church is all about unity, Hope right? you're getting that today. <laughs> it is all about being unified, not just to build a building, but to invite lost people to know him. And that happened in so many amazing ways last year in the year 2022. If you pull out this um, little pamphlet in the chair in front of you, you'll see this and you can take this home with you. This is just like a memory book of what God did in 2022. And I just want to highlight a couple of them. Um, They'll be on the screen as well. But in last year, we had just amazing um, moments of how God transformed people. There was 136 different people that attended a Sunday service on average, 32 kids that went to Blaze Church on average every single Sunday and that the gospel was shared with them. That's amazing. And this one is like my favorite. There was 10 people water baptized. That's 10 people declaring 
publicly that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And I just encourage you, if you have not been water baptized yet, please see me after service. Send me an email. I would just love to walk with you in taking that next step of your faith. There was 105 small group members. That's 105 different people every week going into a small group last year. That is amazing. I know. And there was 44 people that graduated the growth track and discovered their purpose and how they can make a difference. And 84 people that were on the dream team. And so it's just so exciting to me to see when people make God the priority, how he acts through them and the action that comes from it. So that's why we celebrate it. Um, if you look at this next slide from 2022, this is just the radical generosity of Blaze Church. It's because of you guys and your generosity unto the Lord is that every need was met in the church. And we were able to help so many other organizations around the world and in our community and the people in our community. And I think what is so special to highlight is that all that giving was from a cheerful attitude, not under pressure, but because we want to give to God. So that is amazing. And I just, I'm so excited about how God is using our church beyond these walls. And the third thing I want to highlight is how we can make a difference in our community and impact our community. And so if you've just been coming to Blaze Church for a little bit of time or for a long time, you've probably heard about a way that we've impacted the community. And so I wanna highlight just a few of them. Last year, we were able to bless 59 teachers with Start Fresh kits. And it was just a sweet little kit of just some things that the teachers might need at the beginning of the school year. And it really blessed them. We prayed for them. We invited them to come and let them know that we see them and we see how they're pouring into these kids' lives and how they're making a difference and we're standing behind them. So that was really, really awesome that we got to do that. We also gave away 125 Thanksgiving baskets at our Build a Basket. That was the most we've ever done. I Yeah, that was so exciting. If you were there, I was just blown away that day. There was like 40 people that showed up on a Monday morning to stuff baskets and, and wrap them and get them to the families. And it was awesome to be a part of that as well. And we also had 220 toys be distributed out to families. They came and went, they went shopping, they got their toys wrapped. And so this is because of your radical generosity yeah. that we were able to bless families during the holiday season. And so lives were truly impacted last year. And that's just a few, few of the ways. There's so many more. And as we look ahead, we know that God is calling us to build his house. And we're gonna share with you just three ways God is calling us as a collective, unified church to build his house. So you ready? Everyone say three ways. Three ways. Okay, way number one is through the dream team. Haggai called the Jewish people out of their misplaced priorities, and he called them to confess their excuses of why they didn't have enough time to do the Lord's work. And so... If you're honest with yourself today, maybe you're at that point where you're like, 
I think I can do more. I'm just not sure. I think I think I can be used, but I don't know how. And I just want to encourage you that take that step. And I am so excited for this dream team that we have here at Blaze Church. I am privileged to oversee the dream team and everything week in, week out, during the week. It's amazing when people have God as their priority. And we saw that last year there was 84 people that were on the dream team. And now I believe, and I hope you believe with me that by the end of this month, there will be a hundred people on the dream team. And I know, well, you get on the dream team and you start to learn some stuff and some things that I've learned, I just want to share with you is that when you join the dream team, you go from being a consumer on Sundays to being a contributor. You're contributing your time, your smile, your hands. You'll experience unity as you work with others, maybe figure out some problems on a Sunday morning as you're setting up. But there's such a unified presence when you're on the dream team and you'll grow. I mean, whenever you do something new, you definitely grow and you're stretched, but it's beautiful how God does it. And so why now? Why not now, right? Now is the time to join the dream team. And I just encourage you, if you have not grabbed one of those cards in the chair in front of you, you can go online and do the growth track. And I'd be happy, just overjoyed to walk with you on what that looks like to take that tangible step and that action to be on the dream team. It's vision. And we're saying not just building a building, but building people. And on the dream team, you're going to be built as a person. Here's a second way that we believe God is calling us to build his house this year. It's through a new life-giving facility. If you've been a part of Blaze Church for a while or a short while, you've heard us talk about the vision God has given us to see a brand new building constructed on our church property. So we meet here on Sundays, but we own property about two miles from here, right off of Flanders Road. That property was purchased back in 1984. And for over 40 years, that land has been sitting and we are believing that God is calling our church, this generation, to see a brand new facility constructed on that property. So I wanna bring you in a little bit to the process. Last April, God brought us together with another organization, they're called Master's Plan. And what they do is they design and build church buildings around the nation. And when we met, it truly was God bringing us together. And I can't go into all the details for time, but if you want the director's cut, see me afterwards, because it was God doing what only God does. We had went up to them and said, hey, we're looking to build a, a new building. And they were kind of like, what's Flanders? I don't understand. Where is that? And we're like, no, it's on Long Island. They work nationally. And it was kind of just to say like a project because of the multi, multi-million dollar projects they do that wouldn't fit they came back to us three hours later and texted and said, the Holy Spirit spoke to us and we have to figure out a way to work with you. Like it was that level of miracle. They flew out the next 
two weeks later, I want to say, three weeks later, didn't charge us for that consulting to fly out, saw the property, met with our team, and began hearing the vision of what we want to see established here. Since then, the floor plans have been finalized. The first round of exteriors just got passed over, and we're making progress. I've been in a lot of meetings with the town of Southampton and Master's Plan, and it is just so cool to see how God is moving on the hearts of our town to unify the property that exists between the church and the town of Southampton and to create something beautiful for this community. At the same time, God brought us to meet a company called Enjoy. And what they do is they help churches elevate their radical generosity culture. Because I want you to know, Blaze Church, this is a multi-million dollar project. And that doesn't scare us because we know God's word that says, I am with you. Do not be afraid. It's way beyond us. Trust us when it comes to that. But our vision shouldn't be something we should accomplish without the help of the Lord. And he's going to move on our hearts to be radically generous to see this accomplished. So later this year, we will be showing the 3D renderings, the exact budget of the project, and we are going to get started on this thing as a local church. Basement's great, but how many know? There's something bigger and better coming for the East End of Long Island, and we are appreciative of where we are now, but God's bringing us somewhere. Here's the third and last part for 2023. And it's a new local church in Uruguay. So many of you know that every month we financially support missionaries Steve and Jill McCarthy as they have a vision to see 100 local churches built in Uruguay. They just passed 20 and you and I have been financially giving to see that work accomplished for a few years. We thought while we're thinking as a church to establish a life-giving facility here in Flanders, what if at the same time we build a local church building in Uruguay and not just contribute a piece to it, but actually pay for the entire local church to be built? Now, if you're wondering, well, how much does that cost? Take a look at the screen. This next slide will show you the breakdown. It costs $20,000 to build an entire church in Uruguay. And if you're like, well, is our building going to cost that? No, it, that won't even pay for a window on Long Island. And that's okay. So we thought, hey, yeah, we could bank 20000 towards our church building project. But what if, because Blaze Church is so radically generous, we say, let's construct an entire local church for a community in Uruguay that does not have a place to come and gather and serve its community and worship the Lord. And so this is our vision this year, that as we begin making steps and taking steps towards a life-giving facility here in Flanders, we also say, Let's take steps towards seeing a local church being built in Uruguay. And it's even cooler. We don't want to just send $20,000 down to Uruguay. We are going to be putting together a missions team from Blaze Church to go down there and actually build the church that we are going to pay for. So that's unity. Some of you may say, well, I can contribute financially this way, but I could really contribute by picking up a hammer. Others might say, I'm going to be praying and giving. I want to be going. But this is the church united to say, we're going to head down there. We're going to pay for the whole thing. And we're going to build the whole thing and see lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus in Uruguay. It's just awesome what God's put on our hearts for this year. So today, what do we do next? And I want you to know we're, we're not passing a plate. We're a church that doesn't pass the plate. There's no special offering being taken for any of this today. There will be time for that as the year continues where we will commit to seeing these projects accomplished. But today is really about our hearts and hearing the vision. 
and you asking God, God, what are you calling me to do? We have shared some very practical next steps. If you're not on the dream team, there's that card in front of you that says, believe, belong, come, become. Take that with you, scan the QR code and go. But what do we talk about? Make Jesus the priority. Check your heart. Confess and repent. Remember what God's done. We need our hearts to be in alignment. We wanna be a unified church with all God's calling us to. And so I wanna ask you all to stand up with me right now as we end our time. I'm gonna ask you to do something a little bold and I think it's fitting because this is kind of like a team rally. This is our, our team huddle today. And as you're hearing the vision of Blaze Church, and you're saying, you know, Pastor Keith, Pastor Amy, to the leadership that's here and throughout this room serving, to your neighbor who's sitting next to you right now or standing next to you, you're saying, I'm committed to being all in. Don't know exactly what that will look like yet, but I'm making a heart commitment today to say, I wanna serve on the dream team. Hey, it's small group Sunday. You're, you're not gonna walk out that door until you sign up on a small, you wanna be in a small group. You wanna serve people, you wanna give, you, you wanna get behind the vision. In some capacity, you're saying, I'm all in. Would you raise your hand with other people right now as a team rally? Come on, and they, like look around church because you're being encouraged right now. Like, there's people who are saying, I'm all in. I'm saying Jesus and keep your hand up. This is a team rally moment. Saying Jesus with everything I have, with everything you've given me, I'm getting committed to the vision of this church and saying, I'm gonna take another step towards seeing it accomplished. Let's keep our hands yes. up now as we go before God in prayer. Thank you, Lord, that as we're standing with our hands raised high, Father, we are to declaring you are good, that you are our priority this morning. I pray for every person here this morning that as we heard your word, Lord, that you would work inside of us, you would transform our hearts of flesh, Lord, that you would continue what you started here today. It would continue on tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen.